0: Historically, black colleges and universities, also known as HBCUs, are institutions of higher education in the United States that were established before the Civil Rights Act of 1964 with the intention of primarily serving the African American community. This was because the overwhelming majority of predominantly white institutions of higher learning disqualified African Americans from enrollment. During segregation, from the time of slavery in the 19th century through the second half of the 20th century, majority schools in the southern United States prohibited all African Americans from attending, while historic schools in other parts of the country regularly employed quotas to limit admissions of blacks. There are 101 HBCUs in the United States, including public and private institutions, This figure is down from 121 institutions that existed during the 1930s. Of these remaining HBU institutions in the United States, 27 offer doctoral programs, 52 schools offer master's programs, 83 colleges offer bachelor's degree programs, and 38 schools offer associate degrees. Now, all of a sudden, HBCU is being thrown around everywhere. Everywhere I turn, it's HBCU this, HBCU that. Mind you, when I went to an HBCU, there were many people who looked like me and talk like me who curled their face up at the fact of me going to a black school. I'm a proud graduate of Sacramento State University. I graduated uh, back in 2008. I had a degree, or still have a degree, in marketing. I then later on went to get my master's in acquisitions and started my own private equity firm. And so I come from this point of view, a different point of view than most people when we talk about black colleges, HBCUs, and everything in between. Currently, I'm seeing story after story every day for the last few days about HBCUs. It has become the area that people have decided, well, that is one way to show that we are with the Black community, is by talking about how much we love HBCUs. So you have, just in the last two or three days. Let's look at some of the stories that center around HBCUs. Obviously, Howard University is all up in the news with, I guess, dog walkers and pet walkers feeling some type of way because they're being asked to not walk on uh, the property. And then people have said, well, the school should move. It's in the middle of of this area, in the middle of this park, and we don't want you here. So you have that story, okay? So Howard University is in the news, okay? Then you have uh, Kamala Harris in the news. Every time she's asked about, and during her town hall meeting with CNN, when she's asked about a black agenda, she goes to her talking points. And one of her talking points is HBCUs. It never ends. She'll say she wants to study reparations, and then she wants to talk about the, the development of HBCUs. So that's another story. Then you have Beyonce's Homecoming, which highlights the documentary or is a documentary that highlights the performance of Beyonce and her team during, I believe, last year's Coachella. And uh, it is now on Netflix and it is streaming there where it is inspired and uh, focused on the uh, culture of HBCU, marching bands, music and life on campus. So just in the last week, we have HBCU, HBCU, HBCU. And and, and don't forget, uh, three weeks ago. Uh, there was a story, and a headline reads that Black Twitter reacts to Cory Booker saying HBCUs are not just for African Americans. People took some offense to that. And I mean, it's technically true. I mean, HBCUs have been um, home for a lot of uh, people of color. Uh, but yes, it is mainly for uh, Black people, and people, melanated people. That is what it was designed for. So, wow. So here we are. (laughs) We have all these different areas talking about HBCU. We have different ways to come at this. And it leaves me with just some reflections. Beyonce reportedly received $60 million for her Netflix deal that is inspired by HBCUs. Many people are asking, well, will any of that money actually go to HBCUs? I don't even know if that's appropriate to ask, but hey, that's what they're asking. And so let's tackle that one first. Does Beyonce, with her reportedly high figure amount on Netflix, uh, owe HBCUs anything by giving back? You know, money. Well, here's, here's what my thought was yesterday. I had a thought. I don't think Beyonce needs to give money back. I would like to see her sit at the helm of some type of organization. I can't think of who that would be. I would like for her to sit at the helm of an organization that uh, promotes the sustainability and the empowerment of HBCUs and African education in general. That's what I would like to see her be, an advocate for the rest of her life towards these initiatives. I don't necessarily need her to pull money out of her own uh, pocketbook in order to do it. I would like to see her committed towards a long-term plan and be aligned strategically with HBCUs beyond just music and marching. As much as I love the band and I love The football team and all these extracurricular activities, I don't know if we ever pay enough attention to culture and studies. That's what I went to school for. I didn't, I wasn't in a marching band. I damn sure didn't play any football. I was just a black kid from a small town in South Carolina who wanted to go to HBCU. I stayed in state and I went to South Carolina State University and had a tremendous experience, one of the best experiences of my life. And it was different from being at a majority white high school who uh, basically targeted you every day because you were different and that you wouldn't play to their rules or their games. And so they did everything that they could to try to shut you up, and try to uh, make you domesticated to their world. That was really their goal daily. And they, I guess they thought they won, Uh, but who knows? I don't know what they thought of me. And frankly, I never really cared. So I would like to see her sit at the helm. I would like to see her devote herself to an organization or launch an organization and be at the head of that organization or put people in place that will be at the head of that organization and she can oversee it from afar uh, and this be something for the next 10, 15, 20 years or forever that can live beyond her. And of course, you know, by starting that organization, you know, you might have to put some money into that, but just to say, well, she needs to put money into black schools hands. Well, here's my issue with that. A lot of these black schools, I think what we're going to have to do is start calling them out is how are they allocating their resources? Just just because you're an HBCU doesn't mean you know how to handle finances and that you're putting it towards the right things. It doesn't mean that you are actually doing a good job just because you say you're doing a good job. So there needs to be some checks and balances within the HBCU system before we just start throwing money into the HBCU system. My second concern is uh, it feels as if there are a lot of people who are using HBCU uh, and that world to then position themselves and say that this is the reason why they're doing a black agenda. And so that makes me jump over to Kamala Harris, who, you know, she said she's a proud graduate of Howard university. And, um, and now she's talking about running on a platform for HBCUs and many people are saying, well, that's awesome. That's great. That's perfect. And I just have to take a step back because, yes, you went to a black school. So did I. And yes, you are saying that you want to focus on HBCUs. Okay, I'm I'm with you. But other things that you do don't align with that. A lot of other ideas and, and, and ways that you're thinking do not align when reparations are brought up Kamala Harris. Your focus has been let's study it and let's see what we can do with it. It's a complete dodge to me. It's a it's a dodge and I get it. Reparations is maybe even a pipe dream or maybe it's too soon or maybe it's too late. I don't know how people want to argue it. I think the reparations should come no matter how they come. I don't think anyone should have to beg for them. Uh, But. I feel like as if the propaganda machine of uh, promoting HBCUs all of a sudden is a little weird. I sat down at a gala a couple of months ago, uh, actually probably last month, at an HBCU with them uh, bringing on a new president, and it was a really great experience. Really great conversations. Uh, you can really tell uh, that uh, there was there was really a tribe of connect. Um, connecting and and building in the room. People were raising money. And it's an awesome experience, something that I look forward to continuing over and over again. And I would love to, you know, work alongside all HBCUs and figure out, well, how can we improve not just financially, but in all aspects? Because I think there is a lot of power there. There is a lot of Uh, black equity, Nubian equity, melanin equity, human equity. There's a lot of equity, cultural equity uh, that is tied to it. Uh, And so when Kamala Harris, uh, I look at an article where Kamala Harris says uh, she would plan uh, to boost HBCU funding. So let's look at it. The proposal, which was released on Harris's campaign website, did not specify how much funding would go towards those colleges. The total cost of the teacher plan would be roughly $315 billion over 10 years, the campaign said. Harris said at a campaign event over the weekend that the proposal would address a gap of 11% between pay for teachers and other college-educated professionals. Uh, So this was three weeks ago, written by a gentleman by the name of Andrew Crabom. And this is on the website Inside Higher Ed, Inside Higher Ed. And so that stood out to me as, okay. so we're talking about funding, but we don't even have like a real number. And so 24 hours ago, uh, we have Santa Rosa Press, the press Democrat. Wrote an article and the title reads "Kamala Harris Campaign Focuses on Black Colleges for Support." This is appears to be written by uh, Joanna Summers, Joanna Summers, Associated Press, and so this is when she was in Orangeburg, South Carolina, and so part of uh, what we see here in this article. It says here, presidential candidates are recognizing HBCUs as political and cultural center for the broader Black community, said Amy Allison, founder of the political network She the People, which plans a candidate for on Wednesday at Texas Southern University, a historically Black college. Allison said that holding events at these schools is an essential part of a long-term strategy to build trust and relationship with Black voters. And so I, I that just jumps out at me a long-term strategy to build trust and relationships. And it's cool. I get it. A long-term strategy to build trust and relationships. But I, I it almost doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't So a lot of these HBCU moves are just long-term strategies. <laughs> a lot of these a lot of this is is, is all politics. It's all games. It's now that I'm running for president, this is what I'm going to do. It's now that I have a documentary coming out. Huh. What can I focus on? It could be that. Or maybe it's all genuine. Maybe we're looking at it the wrong way. But when you start reading articles, you start listening in like, okay, what is going on here? Because things aren't making sense. And so you have that article and, and there's a lot going on as we speak. There's information coming out. And so then you go to another article from uh, 55 minutes ago. It says uh, this is from because of them, we can Howard University partners of Lionsgate to create internship program that diversifies the entertainment industry. OK, so now we're offering internships into entertainment. So now everybody's jumping on board is what, I, what I'm noticing. I mean, it, there's news coming out minute after minute about people aligning themselves with HBCUs. And I'm just wondering, has where, Lionsgate been? Lionsgate been for the last 30 years. I have no way of knowing if this is the first time they've done anything. I'm just looking at an article and they said they were, they're looking to establish an internship. That means something that sounds like something foundational, right? So now in 2019, you want to establish something foundational. Where have you been at for the last 40 years? I think that's a fair question. I hear Beyonce, when she came out on Coachella, she said, you know, I want to thank Coachella for allowing me to be the first black woman to perform. And then after that, she says, well, ain't that about a bitch. And it makes you wonder, like, how is Beyonce the first one to ever perform there? The first black woman. That seems a little odd. What have you been doing for the last 40 years? It just makes me wonder. There's certain things and it's not necessarily Beyonce's fault. It may not be Kamala Harris's fault. It may not be uh, Lionsgate's fault, (laughs) but there's something going on here that people are now jumping on board. People are now jumping on board. So here we go. Three weeks ago, Howard Shorts, another presidential candidate, says he would oppose reparations. But suggest greater funding of HBCUs. And to me, there you can't have one without the other. You can't be in support of HBCUs and then say we're not in support of reparations. I, I think I just think people are just jumping on anything they can to just get their name in a headline, to show that they're with the black voter. But if you're not with reparations, then it's not real. And so another article uh, from January uh, from News 1 reads how HBCUs could carry Kamala Harris deep into the Democratic primary. I mean, they're going to ride. They are going to ride this HBCU thing all the way to the bank. Here's an excerpt from this article. This article is written by. Uh, Let's see. Written by Nigel Roberts three months ago, Uh, a network of more than 100 historically black colleges and universities clustered mostly in the South and alumni throughout the nation could help push one of their own deep into the 2020 presidential Democratic primary race. Uh, Let's skip down a little bit here. It says more than 60 percent of Democratic voters in South Carolina are black. The state is also home to eight HBCUs. By the way, that's the state that I went to school in. And so I understand the game. I know she was at South Carolina State a few weeks ago. I know the game. I was there when, when President o- President Obama, which at the time was Senator Obama, came to our school. I was there for all of it. I saw how it all transpired and what was done and what was said and what was promised. I remember it all. There was a lot promised promise on, on that day. And a very few of that was fulfilled. Uh, It also says in this article in 2016, an election cycle, that President uh, Donald Trump won by a small margin. Approximately 11 percent of black voters who supported President Barack Obama in 2012 decided to stay home four years later, according to The Washington Post. Harris, a Howard University graduate, has maintained close ties to HBCU community throughout her career. So, you know, the narrative is that she's always had close ties. This isn't new. She's been doing this. That's what they're saying. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, that's the narrative. It says here in the article, the first uh, term U.S. senator collaborated in 2018. Now, the the previous sentence says Howard uh, Harris, a Howard University graduate, has maintained close ties. And then it says the next, verse, next sentence, it says the first term U.S. Senator collaborated in 2018 with fellow Democrat Senator Doug Jones of Alabama, to secure 14% increase in federal funding from $244.7 million in fiscal year 2017 to $279 million in 2018 to HBCUs. And this is for the Thurgood Marshall College Fund announced in 2018. And so I'm just wondering if she had to remain, you know, close with HBCUs. So what happened before 2018? Why is the thing that we're focusing on in 2018? Did she do anything in 2009, 2006 to 1999? I, I'm just trying to figure out what, what besides this, what else do we have? And the, the article continues. Her alma mater invited Harris to be the keynote speaker for its 2017 commencement. And Howard University was Harris's first stop after launching her presidential bid on Monday. And it, oh, that's all strategic. And I love that. And I'm not saying it's not real. I'm just wondering how how all this adds up, because if you always been with the the group, then why is there only being something done in 2018? I think that's a fair question. Very fair question, but it it, it appears as if we aren't getting the answer for that. So you're left to look at this and wonder to yourself, are HBCUs being pimped because it looks good in marketing and maybe the HBCUs don't mind it because there could be some money attached to it. And then who gets that money? The funding goes up. It's not going to get, is it going to get kicked back to the, the students in any way? Because the tuition keeps rising every year. So the funding goes up. Tuition goes up. So what is? How did that help anyone? How does that help anyone? You have a person like Elizabeth Warren. Uh, she says she has a plan to wipe out debt for 75% of Americans with student loans. It sounds great. You know, she doesn't not specifically say anything about HBCUs from at least this article that I'm looking at. Maybe she does in a different article. Um, Howard University, another uh, article. UCLA partner on internship program to help build more diverse future in Hollywood. And so, is this is this the same one as Lionsgate? I see. Okay. As part of the program, Lionsgate has already employed three interns. So UCLA is partnering with Howard, with the Lionsgate thing. So everybody's everybody's huddled together to figure out how they can get on the right side of the HBCU topic. And I'm telling you that it feels very fishy. Senator, oh, here's another one. Elizabeth Warren proposes $50 billion to aid in aid to HBCUs. Senator Elizabeth Warren wants to cancel student debt and fund HBCUs. Wow. Another article on Bustle. How Beyonce's celebration of HBCUs and homecoming bills on a Black Pride tradition. So this is the topic now, y'all. I mean, people are using this for for good, bad, or indifferent, to launch platforms now. And a Wall Street Journal report, and this is one of the most important ones, I would think, article uh, is titled, The Student Debt Crisis, Hits Hardest at Historically Black Colleges. Long a path to financial security, traditionally African-American schools are now producing graduates who struggle with high debt. This is written by Josh Mitchell and Andrea Fuller. And let's look at what they're saying here. Among key findings of the journal's examination of 2017 data, HBCU alumni have a median federal debt load of about $29,000 at graduation. That's 32,000, um, sorry, 32% above graduates of other public and non-profit four-year schools. It also says the majority of HBCU grads haven't paid down even $1 of their original loan balance in the first few years of school. America's 82 four-year HBCU make up 5% of four-year institutions, but more than 50% of the 100 schools with the lowest three-year student loan repayment rates. So people are going to the school, they're getting in debt, and then they're stuck. the the game, (laughs) the game is serious. So many people argue that it's the new form of slavery. Put these, put these kids into student loan debt, no jobs are available. And now they're stuck paying that off for the rest of their life. And they're, they're in extreme debt. So Elizabeth Warren is saying, no, let's cut that. Let's cut, let's cut that, those spending, that, that expenses. Why are we doing this to, to this generation? And then the previous generations are saying, oh, tough luck. You should have, you know, you know, you, you, welcome to America. You should have, you should have known what you're getting into. You know, it is what it is. And so I stand in the middle, like, yo, Something's wrong here because we all know this educational system is overpriced and in many ways a Ponzi scheme. And so another article comes through April 22nd, 2019, Black Press USA. It says Professor Dr. Michael Eric Dyson launches conversational conversation piece, his first ever tour of HBCU's. So now Michael Eric Dyson is doing HBCU. It's the, it's the game now. Now, all of a sudden, we, we value black people and we want to come to HBCUs. HBCU. When I was at South Carolina State, it was damn near impossible to get anyone to come. We had to beg them to come to our school. And I, and I vowed that when I got to where I needed to be and do the things that I wanted to do, we we're going to have to change that. And it looks like it's, it's changing, but I wonder for what reason. What is attached to all this? What is the strategic plan of all of this? How does all this relate? And it's something that we're going to have to really pay attention to. Even if you didn't go to an HBCU, I think it's good to pay attention to the game that's being played out here. The money that's exchanging hands. Why do you want to fund $50 billion worth of HBCUs, but you don't want to fund reparations? That seems conflicting for me. And so then I have to question one or the other. Either you really don't value HBCUs and you're just talking (laughs) or you do value HBCUs, but you only value educated black folk. You don't value non-educated black folk. Because if you value non-educated black folk, the reparations would be the second part, a second tier to your strategic plan of helping out uh, black Americans. And at the end of the day, we get it. You don't want to help. That's fine. Good. You don't really want to help the, 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 the culture. We have to do for ourselves anyway. We can't be sitting here waiting for somebody to save us. And so we have to do it privately. We have to build our own. I get it. And I'm all for it. I just find it very suspicious that now all of a sudden it's going to be the way that people use their marketing. Whether it be political whether it be uh, private institutions, everybody's playing the HBCU game now. When I was coming up, y'all shunned the HBCUs and didn't, didn't show up, didn't care until Barack Obama set, set foot onto our campus and he came through South Carolina and the game changed. I was there for all of it. I watched all the steps. I was there live watching this. And now they're going to try to redo the whole blueprint all over again. And all you can do is sit back and laugh because you know how this is going to end up. They'll say they're going to do this. They'll say they're going to do that. Either they they do get the money and the money's going into the hands of people that we have no control over. Or they'll say they get the money and the money never gets there. And so I'm asking for a buffer. Whether it be Beyonce or somebody else, there needs to be a buffer of somebody who can be a commissioner. And make sure the game in the HBCU world is being played correctly and that these schools, these HBCUs are not being manipulated and controlled by outside forces because there's dollar bills attached. I once sat at a HBCU and many of the leaders of that school came over to our table, but no, they didn't come to speak to me. They came to come speak to the white guy at the table because they, they felt like the white guy uh, was more valuable because he had maybe gave some money to their school and he knew his name. And he walked right by me. They didn't shake my hand. They had nothing to say to me. They have no idea who I am. They have no idea of our platform. They have no idea of our listenership. They have no idea. And they'll walk past you because they don't value you because, hey, you look like them. And so the problem isn't just external, it's internal, and it's a a delicate balance of both. If you're going to play the HBCU game, I think it's best that you actually respect Black people. I think we should start there. I think you should respect Black people. I think you should respect... Uh, the the Nubian race, the melanated people, you should respect people internationally in Sudan and other areas of Africa. I think you should have some respect for more than just your integrated system here in America. Your imaginary system here, you should show respect everywhere instead of putting American troops all over the country, uh, all over the world to to be at close proximity to natural resources. And in many ways, the same things they're doing in these other countries is what they're going to try to do to HBCUs. They just want to be in close proximity to where the value is. They just want to offer internships and, and be able to walk in the door and say we are partners. But if it ain't ownership involved, then what are we talking about here? What are we really talking about if we do not own a piece of the educational equity that comes along with HBCUs?